Is anybody here uh, at this church at the time of John Eccleston? So do you remember a guy called Andy Twilley? He sends his greetings. Yesterday I was at my graduation ceremony. I've actually graduated now. I was wearing all the whole Batman cape and everything and uh, dinner plate <coughs> on the head. It was very odd, but it was great. So I was there yesterday at a wonderful Baptist church in Croydon. Amazing facility. It must be a multi-million pound building that they've built in a, in a warehouse. And I'm having my graduation ceremony and we're all sitting down and then we go, have to go and kind of like line up and I'm standing next to this guy and he says, hi, what's your name? I said, my name's Gary. He said, my name's Andy. He said, brilliant. Lovely to see you, Andy. He says, where are you from? And I said, Billericay Baptist Church. And he went, <laughs> And then he told me, he said, have you heard of Andy Twilly? I said, yeah, I've heard of the name. And he said, that's me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're having a giraffe. <laughs> and there he was. This, he, he was ordained, I believe, at Billericay Baptist Church. He trained at 34 years ago at Billericay Baptist Church. He was ordained and was a minister here. <clears throat> um, and here I am, kind of like, okay, I've been here a few years, but like newly ordained and everything else like that. It was just one of those God meetings. And he, he said, please, send my greetings to everybody that does know me. He was asking after a few people. So um, if you don't know who he is, I had a really, really lovely time with him just spending an hour or so <coughs> chatting away uh, with his wife as well. So it was a, a, real, a real blessing yesterday. And um, what's really interesting with a college at the moment, I think I may have mentioned it, is that they've got their own degree awarding powers now. So a lot of universities are turning their back on theological uh, studies and uh, accrediting them. Uh, but Spurgeons have been given by the government the right to award degrees, uh, which is up to master's level, which is fantastic. So it means all the Bible colleges are now starting to use um, Spurgeons. And what was lovely yesterday, it was a hundred years since uh, Spurgeon's has been located in South Norwood. We have a new Chancellor, some bloke called Rick Warren, I don't know, <laughs> some big American preacher. And he was, he was there on Zoom, he couldn't make it in person. Um, but it was a real blessing uh, to, to kind of like see what was going on. And one of the interesting things was, as a, as a university you have to have a ceremonial mace. Okay, that's, that's, you have to have this. So the college asked for a special request that it be a sword and a trowel, which was Spurgeon's motto. And it's from Nehemiah, which is what we've been looking at uh, over the last few months, that, that they were defending the, as they were building. And that's the thing, is what we're doing. We're defending the faith whilst we build the faith. You know, and that's really important. And they, they were there, so is this lady walking in with this sword, like Penny Morden. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it was quite fascinating. And, and, and somebody else that was there who's, who's head of um, the board, the faculty at, um, at Spurgeon's, and that was Sir Les Ebden, which a lot of us know as well, who, who often comes here and preaches. So, it, it, Bill and Ricky were all over the place at this, this <laughs> So it was a real blessing yesterday and uh, uh, a good time. And what I wanted to do this morning, so I've got a bit of a free subject, and that might be quite scary for some people that I've got a free subject. Um, but actually what I'm going to do is that last song, I asked Trevor if we could have it, because 
Um, I was blessed at college recently, um, even though I finished, there you go, I finished, literally finished uh, at college, but we went back for a, a kind of a retreat day. And the guy that was leading worship there um, used one sentence from Psalm 46 to help us just kind of stop, reflect and think. And, and I want to do that this morning with you. And, and it is literally from Psalm 46. And the word, the, the, the sentence is, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So I just want us just to close our eyes, just for this first bit. And just... Just centre yourselves on God. We've just worshipped him. Let's, let's continue in that vein of worship in our very being. As I say, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. open your eyes. I've been using that recently as kind of a a meditation, a stopping and just whatever situation might be going on, of just going through that and centering myself on who Jesus is in my life. There are times in life when we have to be still. And what I want to do this morning is break down that sentence using scripture, using Psalm 46 and just share a few thoughts as um, we look at this just one sentence. I think it's great sometimes to just pick one sentence out of scripture instead of thinking, right, I've read a whole chapter, aren't I good God? And God's just like saying, yeah, but I wanted you to focus on that line, that word. I think it's really important to do that. So I'm going to read Psalm 46. I like to read scripture. It's very important that we do read scripture. Um, And I'm reading from the NRSV. Uh, It's a good college Bible, they say, to use. Um, So let me read this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the um, sorry should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city; it shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in uproar, the kingdoms totter. 
He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted above the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The psalm itself gives us a real sense of God's awesome power. There seems to be apocalyptic kind of mountains and seas and everything kind of roaring and desolation and destruction. And all of that then finishes with this kind of be still and know that I am God. Even though everything seems to be going crazy, God says, especially to the children of Israel, be still and know that I am God. And he goes on to say, I am exalted above the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now for the Jewish nation, he was their God. So for them, the psalmist, it is reinforcing this in what he is saying here. But I also believe it's for us thousands of years later. We look around the world. We only have to turn on the news and we see some of the things that are going on. And actually, we could kind of, I fear this, I'm worried, I'm, I'm in trouble about this. God says, be still and know that I am God. Notice the only action that we have to do in any of this is be still and know. That's it. Be still and know. And that's the next bit I want to look at. It's just that bit. Be still and know that I am. We're all very familiar from where that comes from. Uh, where, where, where in Exodus 3, uh, Moses um, encounters God in the burning bush. Rick Warren yesterday did a fantastic preach on Moses' charge, that he was 120 or 100, yeah, about 120, he lived at 120 years old. So, maths, yeah, was, was, it, there was three sections of 40 years in which he kind of like encountered God in a massive way. Um, and, and it was, it was brilliant how he was, but then he, he, he said, you know, talked about the burning bush. And I was like, huh, talked about that tomorrow. Me and Rick. <laughs> Good company. Moses asks God what he should say about God to the Israelites. In verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Has set, sorry, has sent me to you. Now, I started looking a little bit deep into this and I thought, I'm not going to share the deep Hebraic kind of meaning and the scholarly debate about 
what God was saying with I am, because actually most of you will be asleep, probably including myself. Um, so I came across a quote which I felt really summed up um, this this meaning, uh, just just in the in the vein of what I'm talking about this morning. And it's a Dutch theologian um, called Herman Bavink. I hope I said that right. And he said that this represents this widespread understanding that when he states this, I am. God is independent, all-sufficient in himself, and the only source of all existence and life. Yahweh is the name that describes this essence and identity most clearly. His name is Being. And I found that quite profound, actually, especially that last bit. And I want you to note that is being. Not he is a being, but being. <clears throat> now, Jesus declares he is the I am seven times in Scripture. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd, the light of the world, the true vine. I am the door, resurrection and the life, and the way, the truth and the life. Seven times. Jesus really upsets the Pharisees when he says, I am. I am God. I am independent, all-sufficient, the only source of all existence and life. My name, effectively, is essence and identity of being. That's what Jesus is saying to these Pharisees and to everybody around listening. So you can understand why the Pharisees want to chuck him off a cliff. He's declaring that he is God. We know that Jesus was and is God. So for us, we can be reassured in this. As we are still, we can know that Jesus is the great I Am. He is the God-man that we have been saved by. The next part, be still and know. Scripture gives us many assurances of who we are. And as good human beings, we tend to doubt that we can be any of them. God says, you are this, you are that, you are my child, you're saved. But we're kind of like... "Mm." I did this yesterday. I don't really feel like I'm a saint today, Lord. But in this sentence, we are to know in our head, in our heart, that we can have that deep assurance of our identity in Christ as children of God. I lifted a a few things from Joyce Mayer's website. She really, really is fantastic if you ever want to have a chance of just someone that encourages you in identity. Don't care if you're a man or a woman. She's just a real blessing. And this list is, I am alive with Christ. From Ephesians. I am free from the law of sin and death. From Romans. I am far from oppression and will not live in fear. From Isaiah. I am born of God and the evil one does not touch me. That's one John. I am holy and without blame before him in love. 
Ephesians and 1 Peter. And I have the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians and Philippians. Again, just in this little bit, be still and know that your identity is in Christ, the great I am. Be still. Be still means for us to stop striving. To stop trying and just dwell in God's presence. He is wherever we are. It's as simple as that. He is wherever we are. He is with us. In Exodus 14, as the Egyptians were pursuing the Israelites, and the Israelites are getting worried, Moses addresses them in verse 13 and 14. And Moses answers the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. When I first came here uh, and started ministry as youth work director at the church, somebody gave me that passage of scripture and that is what I've held on to. I love going back to this. You've got these Israelites hemmed in. Okay, it even says that there's a pillar of fire and smoke uh, and there's an angel of the Lord and they, they go in front of the Israelites. But then when the Egyptians are coming, it says it moves to the back, bang, and stops them. So the Egyptians are in darkness and the Israelites are in light. It says it in scripture. So they're able to, so the Egyptians are like, what on earth is this? We can't get to them. And it's literally God saying, I will fight for you. You need only be still. I think I can fix a lot of things. I can. I can't do plumbing. (laughs) And I'm not brilliant with electrics. But carpentry. But when it comes to fixing human souls or some of the things in my life, I can't do it. You just have to be still and say, God, only you can do it. So please, do it. Sometimes he says, yep. Sometimes he says, not yet. Okay, you're in charge. So in the same way, whatever you're going through that feels threatening, whatever any of your loved ones are going through that feels threatening, Be still. God has got your back. Literally. Because he had the back of the Israelites with the Egyptians pursuing. And if that's a God that can do that, God can deal with some of the things that we're going through. It might seem it's going to take a long time. But he can. Be still. And the last bit. Be I really kind of like, wow, because when we're going through this thing, this bike said just went B, and I was like, was it buzzing around or something? <laughs> just B. We are called human beings, not human doings. 
that we spend more time doing than being. The story of of Mary and Martha we're very aware of. Um, Martha was busy doing, sorting out whatever it was to prepare a meal for Jesus, the disciples and everybody that's there. She's scurrying around, doing, doing, doing. Whereas Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus. She was being. She was being present with Christ. And Jesus says to Martha, it's okay to do. I'm not saying that everyone stops doing what they're doing all of a sudden. But actually it's okay to do what she's doing. But Mary has chosen a better thing. I'm not saying it's wrong to do stuff for Jesus. But actually when that becomes our main focus, and we're not being with Christ as we do, sometimes that's the issue and the problem. Being is not easy, <clears throat> as we feel we aren't being productive. But actually it's in this stillness of being that God speaks. I'm reminded of Elijah being in the cleft of the rock. And the storm comes and the wind comes and everything else comes and then, in the stillness, a still, small voice. When we are doing, we're consumed with our own things and even church things sometimes. And God just like, just be with me. Just be with me. And this actually takes us back, I believe, to what this Dutch theologian said. That in God saying, I am, he refers to himself as being. And we are to be with him. We are to be in his presence. As God kind of is in his own presence. You know, completely separate, but also totally part of this world and this universe. But he's also distant. And I'm starting to get into the deep stuff here and it's a little bit scary. But we are to be with this universe-making, human-forming, earth-creating, devil-destroying, death-overcoming, resurrected. And he asks us to just be with him and be still and know that he will fight for us. We don't have to strive. So in light of all of I've said, Let's close your eyes and we're going to do that again. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Be still and know. Be still.
悲。Father, I want to thank you for this psalm. I want to thank you for this sentence. I want to thank you, Father, that this can speak so much truth into our our lives thousands of years later. That whatever is happening, whatever we see outside in the big bad world, <clears throat> whatever is going on in our own lives, you ask us to be still and know that you are God. You have everything in your hands, Father. Forgive us when we doubt that. Forgive us when we try and fix things instead of allowing you to use your spirit to do that. And Father, I pray this morning for each one of us that we may know your presence, your being in our lives, that you are present in our lives, Father. That we can sense you, we can touch you, we can know that you are with us every step of the way. Every second of the day, Father, when we are in those problems and those troubles and those times of strife, may we just stop and centre ourselves on Your Son Jesus, who took all of our shame, our guilt, our sin, our pain on the cross, and He offers us newness of life. As he conquers sin and death, Father, we thank you that you fight for us, and that we only need to be still. Bless us in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.